Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. morning, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for today, and just thank you for coming into our life and just saving us, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I also just thank you for making aware we're free and moral agents in that eat that we're not forced to do anything. In your name, Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He does give us a choice. Amen. Absolutely. It's important. Yes. Choose we life. Have, we have a free will. <laughs> yes, right. Choose life that, we may, that it may be well with you and your children and your children's children after you. Amen. So, good morning and welcome, everybody. Good morning. We are continuing our study in Romans and... We are going to move forward. We're still in Romans 14. Amen. But this morning we're covering verses 20 through 23. So could I get a volunteer to read that those verses, please? I will. All right, honey, honey. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Hmm. Amen. So now I want to open the floor to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll begin. I'll start at verse 20. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it's evil for the man who eats with offense. There's two things that Paul is pointing out in that one statement. First, the Lord was showing me is that he, Paul is both referring to the man who eats something that causes offense, and he's also referring to the person who is eating when he has offense. Mm. So I'd say it's a uh, <laughs> two for one in that situation. So Paul is pointing out both by being offended by the person and offending it is the same thing only you can only become offended if you're willing and want to be offended it's like if promise tells me no i'm not going to give you that i can be offended promise you should give me that but it's only because i choose to be offended he has no control over me being offended nor do i have control over him being offended so paul is both saying here is that it's a choice between both parties on how to work through that situation. And he's saying that, okay, and the third point from that same scripture was also talking about forgiveness. 
because it says it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Meaning that if you have offense, you have, first of all, have not forgiven that person, mm. are brooding over it, and are, I'd say, angry. No, that not saying that is what you are, because you're still offended over it. So he's saying is, when you have all these things together, you're clearly in sin because you have are unwilling to forgive your brother or sister so you can move forward through the situation, preferring to just brood over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then let's go to. I'm going to go through all the verses. So, and then <laughs> go for it. Go ahead, sir. It says, It is good neither to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or is offended, or has been made weak. There's two points in that one as well. Paul's both saying that you, like the previous scripture, do not do all these things if you know your brother is unable to resist the temptation but paul is also pointing out that you have a role to play in the temptation and accepting the temptation because the devil's not going to say oh man i know that guy's not strong enough to resist the temptation so i'm not going to bring it to the table i'll wait till you're strong enough no he comes with the temptation before you have enough knowledge and i'd say fortitude of mind to resist it because that's what makes the temptation when it's a struggle not when it's something like mommy says, it's not a struggle or temptation for her to re- rob a bank because she says, no, why did I rob a bank? Well, that makes no uh, sense. Okay, let me challenge you on that, baby. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that we won't be tempted above what we're able, but with yes. every temptation, he provides a way of escape that we may bear under it, um, but that means to overcome it and conquer it. Uh, let's look that up real quick. Hmm. Just a moment. So we got to look at that. First Corinthians ten, thirteen. It says, "No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will also make a, the way of escape that you may be able to bear it." So, yes. So it says, "Tempted." But beyond what you are able, that means you're equipped to handle it. Yes. You're equipped. You have everything you need to rule over the situation and conquer it. It's a matter of will you choose. Now, God's faithfulness, you think about your own life. Every time the enemy's coming to do something, doesn't the Lord send a word to you first? Yes. He preemptively sends instruction to you. He even cautions and counsels you along the way before you're caught in a trap and in a snare. That's his way. That's his character. And his nature. Now, does it come when it appears convenient to you when you are expecting it? No, but you are equipped for it. Yes. Right. He looks for an opportunity where you're weak, but you being weak in mind has nothing to do with your preparation. Yes. You've been equipped with all the skills, all the weapons, all the guidance, all the word necessary for whatever temptation comes to you. Because that's how God has set things up. That's what his word says. With that being said, it's your choice to rule over it or not. It's your, the Bible tells us to be vigilant, to be sober and vigilant, to be aware of Satan's devices so that we are able to conquer and use our weapons when it's right. But you choosing to pay attention is not the same as being unequipped. That's what I was getting at. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. That. It's when you're weak of mind and you don't want to resist the temptation. And it does come at an opportune time. 
but each man is tempted. When he's drawn away by his own lust. Oh, you close your eyes and everything. Yes. Yes, well, that's what I was getting at. But okay. you don't you don't lust to go rob a bank. Because you clearly say, No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not tempted by so that. So he so the devil is coming at the person with the temptations that they most like. Of course. For, for me sometimes I know it's games. <laughs> because there's quite often when I say, Yeah, maybe I can just wait ten more minutes. Mommy and dad might know might not notice, and then I immediately get slapped outside the head. They notice instantly. And that's uh, what the, the smacking is you getting caught. Not me smacking you upside the head. Mom, I wasn't saying you, I was saying the oh. Lord. Oh, oh, oh. Sure. Okay. So keeping with that, what is the real temptation here then? What are we being tempted with? To think more of ourselves. Right? To think we're better than somebody else, so I don't have to do this. I don't have to consider them in the actions that I take. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a little bit of both because Paul's both. Both being what's the other? Um, it's also saying that you shouldn't have just say, because they put that on the table, now I can do it. They brought it to me. It's all right. I didn't do it. It's them, so I can blame them for the fault of what happens. That's like um, if mom and dad put uh, place cookies on the counters, on the counter, I can say, Mommy, Dad, you placed cookies on the counter and I ate one. No. It's up to me still in the temptation. So Paul is saying don't do all these things if you know the person is unable to handle it. But it also comes up to the person not to succumb to that temptation of going to do that certain thing. So I say it's both. Because Paul's not just saying it to the person who's, I say, more mature. Because the person who's more mature does not have power or authority over the person who's unmature there's no dragging you along down the path the person who's unmature must come forth by immature. himself immature sorry that's okay must come forth by himself he can't be as mommy does sick drag screaming down the road well, well cer- certainly everyone is responsible for their own sin mm-hmm. yes but mm-hmm. we we can be joining in that i don't think that paul, i didn't think that paul was trying to point out um what what the other person may be doing in sin? He's actually trying to get you to reflect upon yourself to consider mm-hmm. all your actions first. Mm-hmm. Yes, not not mm-hmm. so much that um, others are responsible for their own temptation. I don't think that's the point he was trying to make here. Although you're accurate, I don't think that's what he's he's really trying to get you to inwardly reflect. There's an even a deeper level to that in that he's trying to get you to consider others and think about them and know them and have a relationship with them so that you'll understand properly what your actions are before them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I meant to that get to know them so mm-hmm. you know where they struggle and that you're not right how would you know that they mm-hmm. had an offense to meet sacrifice to an idol unless you'd spent some time with them or considered them or maybe know about them or have been paying attention in conversation to realize mm-hmm. that maybe this is something well maybe they are maybe they aren't I don't know I tell you what I just won't bring it up I won't bring it out mm-hmm. we just skip meat course tonight mm-hmm. I'll just serve something else mm-hmm. I won't even take the risk there if I'm not sure Mm-hmm. But it's it's more, I think it's more introspective for us as mature believers to consider all of our actions and how they may impact others rather than to consider how others may fall into sin too. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. He's mm-hmm. saying consider both your role in yourself and how you influence others. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. I was viewing it. And that's why I was mm-hmm. asking, what is the actual temptation since you were using temptation there? Mm-hmm. The temptation is within us. Yes. And how we view ourselves mm-hmm. and our, uh, you know, when we talked about in the last one versus uh, freedom versus liberty, right? Mm-hmm. We want to yes. exercise our freedoms at the expense of someone else's liberty. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is incorrect. Mm-hmm. And which then goes the- back to a three or four podcast <laughs> back, which was when John was talking about control. Mm-hmm. Right. But it ultimately really is all about control. So, so we're going to circle back to that, to control, yeah. right? And, and something that you both brought up, but I'll go, I'll start with you, Charles, right? In verse 20. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Go to Matthew 5. And we're going to read verses 21. Start in verse 21. Thank you, Lord. Mm. We're going to read through 26. Ready? Yes. Everybody there? Yes. Ooh. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says, says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. And then it continues, right? Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there alive till you've paid the last penny. All right, and actually, it's also something very similar is said in Luke 12, 58 and 59, right? When you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him. Lest he drag you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there until you have paid the last penny. And some of you may be thinking, how does that tie into what we're talking about here? Hmm. All things that are be, that are done, right? What does he, what does he say in is it verse 14? Romans 14... 1414? Maybe. Oh. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that nope, there is nope. nothing unclean of itself. Yes. Uh, and the other one, um, but to him, if your brother is grieved because of your food, okay. you're no longer walking in, you are no longer walking in love. Isn't that what the whole point and purpose it was about? And, and what we just read in Matthew. You cannot be walking in love if there is murder in your heart. Right? First yes. John talks about that as well. Yes? Mm-hmm. How yes. can you say you love God, but you hate your brother? Who you have not seen. <laughs> right? <laughs> you you, how do you love God, who seen. you have not seen, but then you have anger or hatred to your brother? The whole point is to restore such a one. Right? How do, and yes. how do you restore it? By beating, browbeating them? By pointing out all their flaws and their faults and saying they're wrong? No. How do you restore one? In love. Mm -hmm. You restore them in love. You make every effort and every attempt to make things right. Everything that we do is being done before the Lord to glorify Him, right? To include food, which is why when we get to 20, it is evil for a man 
to eat with a fence. And you know, that's a that's a touchback to God told the children of Israel to bring their tithe before him and to Amen. eat it with gladness in their heart, to Amen. eat before him with joy and gladness. So that matters to God. Um, I wanted to read while you're speaking, my love, um, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 11. Okay. I'll start at verse 10. It says, When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Um, so previously he was talking about the people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. But the the truth here as is... Here is the word speaking. Jesus mm-hmm. is the word um, speaking and correcting the the Pharisees' mentality about you know legalism and foods they eat and cups they drink out of and all of these kind of things. But saying it's not, it's not about this. What defiles you is what comes out of you. And as mm-hmm. you were speaking, um, all of that about loving your brother, that's about unity in the body of Christ. Amen. That is so important to God. Us being one as he and the Father are one and us being one with each other, but being one in him and one with God, it matters to him. And so even looking at this, it's not about the food. The food is neither here nor there. It's what's on the inside of you that matters. Mm-hmm. Is it really a problem, a, a debating point? If you eat, you know, pickles on your hamburger or not, <laughs> or you, you know, you eat steak right. instead of chicken, is that really a point of contention or, or is it or rather the heart or, behind or just it? just vegetables, period. Right. right. Or is it rather the heart condition behind it that leads you to such things? Oh, go ahead, Dean. Well, I should say flip the coin over. There's the other side of that coin as Absolutely. well, too. So I went to a brother's house for dinner, mm-hmm. and um, we were involved in a uh, another ministry, and there was a brother in the ministry that uh, we had to just uh, it was some minor correction. It wasn't a, a doctrine thing. Just some things okay. going on that his roles he wasn't filling his role properly. Okay. And so he said, "Let's let's have him for dinner. My wife will make dinner. We'll have dinner together, and we'll you know we'll do it. We'll break bread together, and we'll ease into this so we don't." Mm-hmm cause offense it was this particular person was prone to become offended Mm. when corrected so -hmm. he thought a meal would be appropriate Uh he thought his house was a better neutral ground Mm -hmm. than me meeting because he was a direct report to me oh in in that and i I agreed because i went to him for counsel Mm -hmm. so i think Mm -hmm. you know him better than me this has to be dealt with but i want to deal with it the right way and he said Mm -hmm. let's do this and um as you know in this room it's rare to see me drink a soda Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so um they made this really formal dinner and they, they had a quite formal dining room mm-hmm. and they served orange soda for the drink. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I drank it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to drink the soda. I don't drink soda. You know, it's extremely mm-hmm. rare for me to drink a soda. And I sure didn't want orange soda with <laughs> this dinner. It just didn't seem even like if I drank soda, why would you serve orange soda? Uh-huh. But it just wasn't appropriate. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't worth the risk of causing any damage to the host or bringing up anything that could start pointing fingers towards me in any light whatsoever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially for the reason that we were there. I mean, so if you're vegan and somebody serves you a piece of meat on your, you know, just eat some of the other stuff and maybe go, I'm sorry, my stomach's bothering me a little bit. I don't mean to be offensive. Uh, didn't, I didn't eat everything, right? You don't have to even bring up the fact, I don't even eat meat. Why'd you serve me meat? I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. so we have to be careful on both sides mm-hmm. of that as well too. So how we approach things, it matters, right? Which, I mean, we can go full circle. 
all the way back to, right? We went through Corinthians 8, 9, 10, right? And I'll just read uh, in 1 Corinthians 10 and um, verses 23 and 24. And, and we, we will get to Corinthians, John, too. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Eventually we'll get there. <laughs> just letting you know. Get back there, yeah. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. If we, professing Christians, believers, disciples of Christ, claim the maturity that we claim, then people should also see our love for one another before ourself. Mm -hmm. They should see us providing grace to weaker ones, or ones, I'll say it in this way, that are working out their faith in that area, which brings us further down, right, to verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Right? I know, I, Lord, I can eat meat. I can, whatever it is, right, mm-hmm. that he says is lawful. It doesn't violate his word. Lord, I know I can do this. But I'm willing to forego for the sake of my brother or sister mm-hmm. in Christ or Better yet, my neighbor. I can lay my life down. <laughs> I can lay it down for the one and take you died it up for again. Jesus, for the one you died for. Exactly. I can lay I can it down and take it up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this in this context, you're, we were um, I mentioned unity um, before, and the, and we've been talking about the love of God, and the opposite side of that is strife. You know the 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 story that you recounted to us, Dean. What you did by laying down your dislike of soda or your, you know, inconvenience or importunity to have the soda, you avoided strife in that situation because one act of exalting yourself and your desire and your will and your freedom could have turned the situation that God wanted to use to um, mature someone or cultivate or correct someone's heart could have been a big opportunity for the enemy to come in and cause division. And, you know, we can go through countless scriptures, 1 Corinthians, Philippians, Timothy, um, James, talking about strife being a product of wickedness and a product of the world system and ungodly, sensual, and demonic, and all of those things. But the peace of God and the gentleness of God that we are supposed to be known by, the love of God that literally stamps us that we are children of God. is what we're supposed to be living by. And so we have to do what, you know, in considering this, we are keeping not only letting the love of God come and mend and and knit and flourish the body of Christ, we're also keeping the enemy out. This is mostly what this is talking about. Yes, he's going through great detail, but he's saying avoid strife. I can say avoid strife. Do not engage in strife. Thus doeth stay away with from strife <laughs> I mean, or go into great detail like this and describe it in another way, which is funny because that's how God talks to us sometimes, like 10 different ways to say the same thing for us to arrive at the same conclusion. Keep strife out because where there's strife, every work of the wicked one is, is taking place. It's a foot. And doesn't he cover that in the, in the, at the very end of verse 23 for whatever is not from faith is sin. Mm hmm. 
Um, and we touched on that in uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 13. Absolutely. Right. So those that's the work of the flesh. That's the work of the evil one. So, you know, just the wisdom of God, when we obey him, it covers so much. It covers everything that we need. But when we try to do our one way, when we try to focus on the one thing or, you know, especially when we get into our flesh, we end up opening inadvertently opening the door to Satan. I know I've done that in my life and I've been like, Mm -hmm. God, I didn't know, man, if I had known that, then I would have (laughs) just, and that's why God is going, just walk in love. If you just stay in love, just stay in the love of God. Um, Back to Mm -hmm. verse 15 of chapter 14 that you were talking about. If you're grieving, if you're doing the small thing of aggravating somebody with your food, (laughs) you have, you, you're no longer walking in the love of God. And now as a result of that strife, and division has an opportunity to come in. So this is going to be the meat-eating table over here, and, and we don't like the non-meat-eating table over there versus us being united as the body of Christ. Yeah, in the other half of that verse, do not destroy with your, this says food, the one for whom Christ died. Right, with this small, insignificant right, exactly. thing. Exactly. So you, you could almost put a blank there. Do not destroy with your... Fill in the blank, whatever it is. Your freedom, your, your attitude, your liberty, right? your All nail that. polish. Yes. <laughs> okay. You got something, Dean? Oh, just when you said strife, you know, I just had to had to look it up. So it's Proverbs fifteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. A hot tempered person starts fights. A cool tempered person stops him. Or um, that was a living. I meant to read the English. A hot tempered man stirs up strife. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. But, but not goes, to stir up strife. But that goes right back Amen. to it reveals the heart. Yep. Amen. It goes right back to what we were just talking about. Hey, if, if you have this, you've already committed murder in your heart, right? If you have anger in your heart towards your brother, you've already committed murder. Yeah. Amen. Make peace with your brother along the way. Right? Like, leave your offering at the altar and go to your brother. Like, mm-hmm. it was more important to the Lord that there be peace, that we be peacemakers. And one. That we reconcile people back to Christ. Exactly. That there be unity and love demonstrated in the earth than giving the Lord our offering. Well, you know, it's so mm. funny, because especially in the times that we live in, again, in our culture, but everybody seeks to destroy somebody else with their opinion. And I don't know anybody who's been made to look a fool that's changed their mind to somebody else. I mean, if you really want to win somebody over to your way of thinking, and if you sincerely believe that your way of thinking is right, even from a non-biblical context, a non-Christian context, it just makes more sense that you're going to win them over to your way of thinking by not causing strife, mm. by showing temperance, by being careful with that. It doesn't mean that we, we excuse everything, but we mm-hmm. figure a time and a place for that. We find mm-hmm. a way to, to meter our words so that we gain others in to our way of thinking. And as Christians... We have the most wonderful thing in the world. We have Jesus Christ. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit alive in us. We have unending joy, mm-hmm. right? We have a hope and a future. Amen. Man, we want to take as many people along with us as we can on that. Stirring mm-hmm. up strife will never do it. Never. Never. Never, never. It's impossible. You think how many, how many people, like uh, believers that we know, have walked away from God and the, the ministry or the life that he's called them to because of... Of anger church hurt you know right. church hurt. they hurt my feelings they they did this or they did that too to many me. hypocrites here <laughs> you, you name it because 
you know, we did not mature in Christ knowing that Christ died for everybody else, just like he died for us. And walking with that sense about ourselves and that circumspect reality, you're just as important, just as important to God as I am. Yes, you're the apple of his eye. You're the apple of his eye. I am, but you are too equally. He can do all those things at once without sliding or slacking in love towards any one person. So it's just um, amazing. And Proverbs chapter 10 and 17, um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Mm -hmm. And Proverbs 17, nine says, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he repeats a matter, separates friends. So love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. And if it's not something directly violating the will and the word of God, why are you causing strife about it? Why are you willing to push out of fellowship with God, your brother that he died for because you don't like this, that, or the other, you're, you know, or you are enjoying your liberties. And, and I, I call it being yourself all over people. I'm, I'm being Kamisha all over you. I'm whatever okay. issues I'm working with, I'm spewing upon you so that you are now taken down and <laughs> dissolved and broken down because I cannot restrain myself. That, that should not be the case. That's not what mm -hmm. God has called us to. He's called us to peace. He's called us to love. So. Amen. So let's continue in his love. Amen. Our God is love. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's stop there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you for the knowledge and the wisdom that you give each and every one of us, Lord. And now we can come together to share it, Lord. Because not all of us have the information or all the answers to all the questions, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, we also just thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate Amen. decision maker Amen. and answer of our questions, Lord. And that thank you, you just allow him to help us through every action and aspect of our lives, Lord, not just when it relates to ministry or something like that, Lord, but even the most small, the smallest details, such as waking up, Lord, that you give us the Holy Spirit to guide us in that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.